Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Wednesday, December 7th, 2022, as we take time to recap Duke men's basketball's victory over Iowa last night in the Jimmy V Classic at Madison Square Garden. Really cool to have Dick Vitale, the intro each and every time we do a Lockdown Blue Devils episode. And yet again, Dickie V on the ESPN broadcast for the game last night. He did the same for Ohio State. So uh, Duke keeps winning some games this season when Dick Vitale's on the mic. And we're going to talk about the awesome game from the Blue Devils, 74-62 the final score in that one. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow our show on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the show daily. We're also available wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe there as well as this show goes up each and every weekday. Please be sure to leave us a five-star rating and written review. The podcast platform, the algorithms absolutely love when you take time to write out a review. It helps with rankings and such, and I'd be so grateful if you did that. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. So without further ado, I want to bring in my good pal, Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, back yet again to talk Duke men's basketball following the win last night. Kevin got to be in venue. He was at Madison Square Garden to see all the action unfold. So Kevin, good morning to you. Glad to be recapping last night's game. JJ, great to be with you and finally back for a win. Last two times were losses, finally back for a win, so it feels good. Anytime you and I can recap wins, I'm going to sign up for this every single time. And so uh, for Duke, a really fun game, 74-62, the final score over Iowa. What stood out to you first and foremost with Duke last night? Well, I think it was two things. First, it was the defense. I think that might have been Duke's best defensive performance given the opponent like I'm not like throwing in the Jacksonville and Bellarmine and Delaware games I think against a quality opponent that was their best defensive performance um, of the season I I mean Iowa came in averaging nearly 87 points per game they have an all-american candidate in Chris Murray and and Duke really shut them down they couldn't do anything Murray came in averaging 21 points and just over 10 rebounds Um, I think he put up numbers in terms of close to a double-double with uh, eight points and seven rebounds, something like that. But he only took nine shots. I mean, Mark Mitchell and Derek Whitehead really took him out of the game. And the other thing that really stood out was Jeremy Roach. I mean, he played that game at his pace under his control from the opening tip. So I think the defense and Jeremy Roach were the two biggest standouts for me last night. Yeah, one of the last conversations we had recapping one of these big wins, it took a while for us to get to the defensive portion of the praise and wanted to talk about so many other things But I think defense has been such a big thing for the Stuke basketball team early. And it's even more so impressive because there are so many freshmen that are out there on the floor for the Duke Blue Devils during runs like this. And so to pick up a 12-point victory over Iowa to limit their best player in the way that they did, like you said, averaging coming into the game nearly 87 points per game. And Duke holds them 25 points below the mark incredibly inefficient shooting the basketball. Duke does such an outstanding job defending the three-point line as well. And that's the other thing, Kevin. It really didn't feel like Iowa was making the three-point shots that the Hawkeyes needed to 
to truly keep them in the basketball game, and you can give Duke some credit for that. Yeah, Iowa was just 3 of 16 from three-point range last night, and and it almost felt like a March-esque game. It's like Iowa's a team that you'd find in the round of 32 with a really good player, a team that can get hot from three, and that's how upsets are made. And, and I think last night proved how Duke can win in March. I mean, the offense is still slowly coming along. You're seeing flashes here and there that the offense will be there, hopefully, um, at, in this next stretch of the season. They only have three games between now and the new year, which uh, that's really want to, where you want to see the offense take off once you get to the new year. But you're seeing that this team can win in March with their defense because defense travels, like they say in football, and defense can show up every night even when shots don't fall. So I think last night was a really uh, good benchmark for how this team could play um, when the games are do or die in March. All right, let's talk about rebounding now. Before we get to more of the individual performances, once again, Duke wins the rebounding battle outright 45-35, to plus 10 in rebounding margins, which is back to Duke being dominant on the glass. Once again, we really love seeing that. 11 offensive rebounds for Duke, again, coming into the game, as we talked about on the preview show yesterday. Duke is number two, according to Kim Palm, in Division I basketball with offensive rebounding rate. Uh, and again, out of 363 teams, to be number two at something, that's really special. And for the Hawkeyes, they were like 270 in defensive rebounding rate. So it really felt like that could be an advantage for Duke to make sure they dominated on the boards. They did that. How important do you think that was last night? Well, it was really important. I think you even saw it more in the second half. I thought Iowa did a decent job keeping Duke off the offensive glass in the first half. I think they only might have had one offensive rebound in that first half, but then Duke really uh, exerted their will in that second half. And I said it also before the game, too. I mean, if you just looked at the players each team puts on the court and their size, Iowa in their main rotation, nobody was taller than six foot nine. I mean, Duke starts two seven footers and has another. 6'10", 6'9"-ish guy and Ryan Young coming off the bench. And also Duke's guards and wings are just so much taller than everybody. Like your Mark Mitchells, who we'll get into. I thought he was outstanding last night. Dariq Whitehead, who I thought was really good last night. I saw Dariq Whitehead. I mean, he was pulling down the rebounds was Whitehead. I think he got close to seven, eight rebounds. Um, so just the way Duke has been gang rebounding, I think that's the most important because they can really rebound on the floor one through five. And again, that's going to help um, when these games become more important in March. Let's begin to talk about some of the individual performances for Duke last night in the Jimmy V Classic as they win 74-62 over Iowa. And we'll do that after our first time out here today. Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. Everyone knows that making that next hire is so important. If you're operating a small business, it could be a high-stakes wager. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you could quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com 
slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside Kevin Connolly, who is the site expert for Ball Durham. Tell me a little bit about the website you've got up and running, Kevin. Well, JJ, funny you mentioned that. We're throwing something new into the into the realm we oh, just boy. this week at Ball Durham. Every day, right around between 7 and 8 o'clock Eastern time, we're posting almost like a newsletter. It's going to give you a couple of things that happen in the, in the Duke athletics world. And we're just going to break it down, give you a little snippet of it. So we, we've debuted that here uh, starting this week. So head on over to balldurham.com every morning. Obviously, we'll still have our other stuff about games and opinions and all that stuff. But maybe like these little news clippets that go maybe under the radar. We're going to throw a couple of them each day into one article. Um, so you'll have you can have your coffee and your donuts and and catch up on everything Duke Athletics. So balldurham.com, follow us on Twitter at uh, ball underscore Durham. So trying to throw a new throw a new uh, yeah. curveball at you to keep everybody on their toes. Look, I'm sitting back in the box waiting for this curveball to come, and I'm absolutely going to take advantage of that awesome offer again at Ball Durham. So uh, Duke wins last night, 74-62 over Iowa, a 12-point margin. Duke had a six-point lead at halftime and then went on to win the second half by six as well. Funny enough, both halves, the individual performances on the floor, Duke won the first half by a score of 37-31. They won the second half by a score of 37-31. And then in the second half, Duke was able to get that lead up to as high as 16 at one point before that final 12-point margin. It really did kind of feel like a, a dominant sort of wire-to-wire performance for Duke against a, a Big Ten school. Yeah, and I think it should have been more than 12. I think the, fi- the the final point difference should have been more because if you look at that first half, I think Duke got up 12, yeah. and then they didn't make a field goal in the final three minutes and 49 seconds, and Iowa got back in it and got back within six. And the same thing kind of happened in that second half. I think you said like it was 16, 18, somewhere around there. And then Duke, you saw they kind of took their foot off the gas and – uh, I, I was in the garden and I look up at the scoreboard and I'm like, okay, it's it's 12. And I look up again. I'm like, okay, it's eight. And they're still <laughs> like just over like a minute and a half to play. And then they go on a 6-0 run. Mark Mitchell, big breakaway dunk to to end the game. So um, it, it, there was parts where I think you kind of saw some youth where it's like, all right, the game was never in question. The outcome was never in question. You always thought Duke was going to win once they kind of went on that run in the first half to go up by 12. But you saw parts where, like, they kind of stopped playing. They kind of got a little bit complacent. But ultimately, they still had enough in the tank to formulate another run and and secure the victory. Some individual performances for Duke. Kyle Filipowski, 12 points, 10 rebounds, four straight weeks. He's been the ACC Rookie of the Week, and he turns in yet another double-double. Yeah, he's Mr. Consistent just about. I mean, every time you look up, it's – it's a double double. It's, yeah, it's that's a good it's, way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. It's controlling. It's controlling things. It seems like he never, um, or at least recently, he's always controlled. He's never um, out of character. He's always stays within his own body tempo, and, and that's what you really want to see from a freshman, especially a freshman that I guess people had high expectations for coming into the game or the season, I should say. But he wasn't the most talked about freshman. Like what opening night, it was Derek Lively, Derek Whitehead, their injuries. And Filipowski really, from opening night on, he has starred and he has just kept that rolling 
um, here through early December. For Duke in the game, Mark Mitchell, 17 points, five rebounds. This is coming after a 15-point effort against Boston College and Duke's first conference win of the season. Uh, and he did a great job defensively with Chris Murray, as we said, for Iowa, an All-American candidate for the Hawkeyes. Mark Mitchell seems to be getting more and more comfortable out there. Yeah, he really does. And he's almost that matchup nightmare. If, if And I don't know if it's going to happen this year. You hope it does. If that jump shot just becomes a little bit more consistent and a little bit more of a threat, he could really be unguardable. Yeah. Because he can put the ball on the deck and drive to the rim like we saw a lot last night. And then you start working in those shot fakes to get the defense off their feet, to get that extra bit of breathing room where you can drive and pull up. I think Mark Mitchell, that might have been outside of opening night where he, he was really special. I think that might have been his best game um, as a Blue Devil. He, he was really good on – and that, that's an elite two-way player for Duke. Jeremy Roach, we talked about him a little bit earlier. 22 points. He ties his career high in scoring. Uh, took one last shot there at the end, a pull-up to try and set a new career high. It just wouldn't go. So ties his career high with 22 points and went three of six from three-point range. Um, impressive shooting effort there from Roach, who had a great game. And there were some shots where, like, he had an open, easy look from three and, like, passed it up to take a more difficult shot and still made it. I mean, he was on his A game last night. The way he was cutting to the rim, just like I said earlier, he controlled everything. And he controlled it offensively. He controlled it defensively. Duke, uh, the offense, there was parts where you were like, oh, this isn't great. But, like, it, it was just always give the ball to Roach and you knew you, something good was going to happen last night. That's how good he was. Really impressive stuff there from uh, Jeremy Roach on the win for Duke last night. Again, 22 points for the captain of the Duke Blue Devils. Dariq Whitehead had what many people believe to be his best game in a Duke uniform. It's so critical that he gets back into healthy playing shape along with Derek Lively the second. We'll talk about those two guys in particular after our last time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. That is the number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my buddy Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Send him a follow on Twitter at KevinConnolly24. So, Derek Whitehead, eight points, six rebounds, three assists. Had some really impressive drives to the basket that we hadn't seen really so far this season from him. Uh, I was really impressed with the effort that he turned in last night. Yeah, like you said before that break, I thought it was his best game as a Blue Devil as well. I, the aggressiveness stood out to me. I don't know if it was because he was kind of playing back like a hometown game. He's from Newark, New Jersey, about 25 minutes away from the Garden. I think he had some family um, in the stands. If it was just playing in the Garden or probably a little bit of both, it was that combined with he's getting more comfortable. He's getting healthier, and you can see that on the court. A couple of threes went down for him, um, and a big end one. Um, and like I said, rebounding-wise, he was sensational. He, he was aggressive, and that's what you want to see, especially someone 
coming off a foot injury, a lower leg injury, is they don't really want to be diving on the floor for loose balls. They don't really want to be mixing it up among the trees down low for rebounds. And that's what you saw him do last night. And I thought it was it was really encouraging, um, his performance. Nine wins for Duke now on the season. Just two losses for the Blue Devils on Saturday. They'll be back inside Cameron Indoor Stadium, a non-conference matchup with uh, Maryland Eastern Shore, their last non-con game of the year before we jump it heavy, heavy, heavy into uh, ACC conference play for the Blue Devils. I want to talk for this Duke team, 7 of 20 from the three-point line against Boston College. They were 8 of 20, so kind of settled on that 20 uh, shot attempts from three-point range. And then for Duke, 13 assists on 28 made shots in last night's win against Iowa. At this point of the year, 11 games into the season, how are you feeling about three-point shooting and then sharing the basketball ball distribution as well? Three-point shooting, it's some days I'll feel good. Some days I'll it, it's kind of one of those things where they have potential. Like, you know, Roach can be a good shooter. I think we haven't really seen it as much at Duke, but we saw it in, over the summer in the, um, the international tournaments. Tyrese Proctor can be a good shooter. Uh, Derek Whitehead, his shot doesn't always look great, but it has potential. Obviously, Kyle Pil- Filipowski has potential from outside, as does Jacob Grandison, and, and so on and so forth. But it, it sometimes it's it's they fall in love with the three point shot a little bit too much. Um, so, like early in the game, if that shot's not falling, go inside, get to the basket, get to the free throw line. Sharing the ball, I think it's coming along much more rapidly than than many people would like, um, or I should say hope but it's still positive. I thought last night was really good, and and that's how you get a defense off balance. you got to move the ball. Ball moves faster than defenders' legs do. So you move the ball, you find the open shot, you get it inside, you create mismatches with screens, and I think – John, because, again, remember, John Shire, this is his first time really doing this yeah. uh, as a head coach. I mean, you can draw up plays and you can give your invi- uh, input as an assistant as much as you'd like, but it's different when you're the guy calling all the shots. So – um, I think it's steadily improving. It's coming along um, maybe slower than some people had hoped. But I will say this. I think this might be the biggest point in the Duke basketball season from now until the end of the year. They only play three games, Maryland Eastern Shore, Wake Forest, and Florida State on New Year's Eve. That's a lot of practice time, which this team needs. John Shire said it in Portland that I think Derek White had only had one full team practice since he's been cleared, obviously a little more than – that now with a couple more weeks passed by. But these three weeks, I think, are going to be vital for the development of this Duke basketball team because I know they have finals and Christmas and all that is thrown in there. But three games in, what, a three-week span, just about two-and-a-half-week span. So that's a lot of practice time, a lot of time for these guys to get on the court together and gel and work out the kinks and get, like, the Derek Whiteheads and the Derek Livelys back up to full speed after kind of playing behind the eight ball with their two injuries and missing some time this season. Let's get right to it, man. I can't wait to see these games, but you're right. It is going to be a a bit of a drop-off once again in the product that we're seeing out on the floor just because we're not going to have enough games to watch. Over a 21-day span, only three games coming up for Duke here to close out the uh, the month of December. But nonetheless, we'll keep talking about them each and every day and seeing how this team gears up for the calendar to turn over to 2023 and to really jump into the heart of ACC competition. All right, Kevin, I want to shift gears very quickly. Close it out. I got to get at least one thought from you about the job that Mike Elko was able to do this season for Duke football. Finishes with an eight and four record, 
ACC Coach of the Year honors, and Duke finds out that for only the 15th time in school history, they're going to get to go compete in a bowl game. They're heading to Annapolis to play in the Military Bowl against UCF. Your thoughts on the Duke football squad as their regular season came to a close? I mean, I don't, I, I don't think I, off the top of my head, I don't, I don't know the, the the full history of Duke football in terms of surprising seasons, like if in 1980-something, if they had a, a great surprise. But I think this has to be one of the most surprising seasons in the history of Duke football. I mean, projected to be one of the worst teams in the ACC, and really what became a questionable pass interference call away from playing in the ACC championship game. Right. I mean, it was incredible to watch. They were fun. They were competitive. They were never out-toughed or out-physicaled in a game. Um, I mean, Mike Elko then, uh, he's now up for the National Coach of the Year Award. Um, it, it was incredible, and I think they have a really good chance. I didn't see any of the lines or whatever, but I think they can win their bowl game. I've Like, you watch some of UCF, and they're not the UCF of what they used to be, a high running, running gun in offense. I think Duke has a legit chance to win nine football games this year with a military bowl win over uh, UCF in a couple weeks. That'd be outstanding, that's for sure. I'm excited for it. That's coming up on December 28th. So uh, if you factor in that game, we've got four Duke Athletic mm-hmm. main events uh, in a 21-day span. Still nowhere near enough, but look, we'll, we'll take it. It's better than nothing, uh, that's for sure. Kevin, as always, it's such a pleasure to talk all things Duke Athletics with you. Thanks again for being on the podcast. We'll talk to you again soon. JJ, appreciate it. Have a good one. That's my buddy Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham joining us here on the program, and that's going to bring our show to a close. Really looking forward to tomorrow's show as well. Jason Jordan from Sports Illustrated will be back with us, Locked On's Recruiting Insider, to talk Duke men's basketball recruiting. Don't miss that one. You can find it on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.